This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, on August the 8th, the FBI raided the Florida estate of Donald Trump. Mar-a-Lago is his residence. It's a big golf complex. It's a very luxurious place. And the FBI raided it and they were looking for papers, some of them classified documents, that Donald Trump had taken with him when he left the White House. And this was the first time it's unprecedented for a raid of this nature to happen to a former president. The judge who gave the FBI permission was a judge called Bruce Reinhardt. And it was a spectacular news story and very, very dramatic. In the affidavit presented to the judge to allow this raid to take place, there had to be what's called probable cause that a crime or a misdemeanor has been committed. The bar, of course, for a former president on that issue would be very high. Now, since then, Trump has said he wants the affidavit published. Various media outlets also want this affidavit published. The Department of Justice and the FBI don't really want it published because they feel if it's published, people will be compromised who gave information or helped. And therefore, what Judge Reinhardt ordered yesterday was that a redacted version of the affidavit must be published in the United States by noon today, which is about five or six hours ahead of where we are now I'm joined now by Niall Stanich. Niall is our friend in Washington. He is the associate editor of The Hill, a very respected Washington newspaper for being not so partisan as many American media outlets are. Niall is the associate editor and he's also the White House columnist for The Hill newspaper. Niall, this is very dramatic stuff. The raid itself on August the 8th was mind-boggling, really, and... We don't know quite how long the tussle between the FBI and the Department of Justice seeking documents back from Trump that he took improperly, it seems, from the White House 
they really belong to the government, those documents, don't they? And, of course, the granting by Judge Reinhardt of permission to undertake this raid was also spectacular and unusual. Yeah, very much so. I mean, as you rightly pointed out, no former president has had his home raided in this property, in this uh, in this fashion, including former President Nixon, infamous for the Watergate uh, scandal. So it is obviously a huge story. It has been a huge story since the moment news broke of the August the 8th raid. It, you, you laid out very well the questions and debates around the affidavit. Um, perhaps by the time this podcast appears, the affidavit in its redacted form may have been published um, the judge, Judge Reinhardt, appears to have accepted the redactions that the Department of Justice proposed. Yes. But what we don't know right now is how comprehensive those redactions were. We are looking forward, though, to finding out something new or something of significance about all of this because at the previous hearing, the judge had basically said, it could be a question where the redactions are so complete that it is worthless to release the document. He clearly does not think it is worthless to release the document, and therefore we can reasonably surmise that it must have something of interest in it that we are going to see. Yes. Now, the other key figure in this story is the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, Mm -hmm. who is renowned for his caution and rigour. He was going to be Barack Obama's nominee to the Supreme Court, but that was stopped in the last year of Obama's presidency by the Republicans in the Senate, in particular Mitch McConnell. It was a pretty dastardly act when you think how quickly they got the Trump nominees done and dusted in confirmation hearings. However, Garland is not seeking glory He is very understated, and he did come out just after August the 8th, and he confirmed that he personally had authorised this raid. The implication of that is that Trump and the documents are, it's a very serious matter. Mm -hmm. It may well be a criminal matter. It is not idle, and Garland was standing publicly behind it. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Uh, To the personal element in that question, Merrick Garland, I would describe as temperamentally, um, you know, conservative with a small c. I mean, obviously, he's not a a political conservative. Otherwise, he would not have been nominated to the Supreme Court by President Obama. But he's a very um, mild-mannered figure to the irritation of some on the left, I should add, who believe that he should have taken more muscular action against Trump already. He's not a publicity seeker, which is a charge, I think, that could be fairly leveled at James Comey, the former head of the FBI, who, of course, tangled with Trump in enormously uh, high-profile ways earlier. And the fact that this uh, raid or search was authorized and that Merrick Garland personally supported it is significant. Of course, on one level, a search that is so unprecedented, one would expect the Attorney General to be involved in. But I think it might be useful for your listeners to point to point out that a document already released has outlined the three 
statutes that Trump has been investigated for breaking. And without getting into the legalese of those, one is about uh, hiding or concealing or taking away documents to obstruct an investigation. That's obviously a very yes. serious charge by its nature. Another one is a more standard issue of sort of destroying documents. But then there is a third one which has caused a lot of speculation, which is a law that is known as the Espionage Act. And that covers offences to do with the mishandling of documents or other information in a way that could be to the injury of the United States. Yes. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean the person is working as a foreign agent, but it does go to the heart of the national security concerns around this whole story. Yes, and the key phrase here is probable cause, which is American legalese for saying we have every reason to believe what we're alleging and investigating is a crime or is a breach of some rule or other. Yes, and, and if I could just, just yes. sorry, to, I don't normally cut across you, but just to jump in briefly, that would also uh, normally indicate why the relevant evidence cannot be got in a less invasive way. Yes. In other words, it would outline not just the probable cause that you just said, but the idea that there is no alternative but raiding someone's property in order to get that evidence. Now, Trump has accused everyone from the president, Joe Biden, who incidentally made it very clear that the White House and Biden had no knowledge whatsoever of this beforehand. But he has now built up a grievance. He is going around saying he's been persecuted and all of that kind of stuff. And that, of course, feeds into the Fox News Trump world that he lives in and plays to. And what we will see, we don't know, because redacted, for anyone who doesn't know, means there'll be big black splodges mm. that will conceal the names, I imagine, of witnesses, people who helped the investigation, and sources that the FBI used. And indeed, it may well even keep out of sight precisely what crime may have been committed or laws that may have been broken in one way or another. That's right. That's right. Well, the final point, it probably will uh, stipulate, but certainly the, the whole sensitivity on the part of the Department of Justice and the other investigating um, authorities is the idea that firstly, too much information could chill cooperation from witnesses or potential yes. witnesses. And secondly, that they don't want to give, as they put it, a roadmap of the investigation to the target of that investigation. The other bigger picture issue, just to mention briefly, Eamon, is that normally these affidavits are not revealed even in redacted form. Yes. And for once, that isn't to do really with protecting the powers of the state. Keeping the affidavit under seal is normally perceived to protect the rights of the defendant because... Yes. By keeping it under seal, you don't then allow suspicion and innuendo to build up in a case where eventually no charges may be pressed. This, this is obviously an unusual situation. Though. Yeah. Now, just to fully disclose the picture here, Trump left the White House a long time ago, 18 months ago, I think. Mm -hmm. He took these documents, these boxes with him. Mm. They are 
supposed to stay in the White House and they belong to the National Archive, they belong to the nation. And what we didn't know, but now do know, is that the government has been in dialogue with Trump over many months and he's given back Mm -hmm. some batches of documents and he said, that's it, that's all I've got. But in fact, he's had other stuff. So Mm -hmm. they didn't wake up one morning and say, we must go to Mar-a-Lago and raid it. They have been in dialogue, in discussion, in negotiations even, with this former president, and he simply appears not to have honoured promises and, indeed, commitments he was obliged to to honour. Yes, I mean, this this story has a very uh, Trumpian genesis in a way. You rightly said that documents... Uh, in uh, the course of a president's work are are property of the nation, really. Um, It appears that the authorities realized fairly quickly that Trump had taken some with him because things that were known to exist, notably the original documents of his letters from uh, the leader of uh, North Korea, Little Rocket Man, as he called him at one point before (laughs) he uh, loved him so much, those weren't in the National Archives. So the authorities understandably thought, okay, there's stuff being kept back there. But there was then this much longer and, I dare say, graver process of trying to figure out exactly what Trump has or had. At one point, some documents were given back. Then later in June of this year, um, and a senior official from uh, the government went to Mar-a-Lago, had discussions with Trump's lawyers, at which apparently Trump sort of poked his head in at one point. But the key point about the June meeting is that it appears that uh, the Trump legal team signed and attested to the fact that all relevant information had been given back to the National Archives. That plainly appears to be untrue, which could be obviously a problem for the lawyer or lawyers in question in addition to Mr. Trump. Now, in technical terms, these are classified documents. And Trump yesterday, in fact, I think, argued that he himself had declassified them, Mm. which, first of all, as president in the White House in office, perhaps he could declassify them. I'm not sure about that. But Mm. it seems a stretch to suggest that as a private citizen Mm. who may well run for office again 18 months after leaving office, he could declassify them in Mar-a-Lago like waving a wand. This is preposterous, isn't it? But he has put it out there. The the idea that there is any uh, power post-presidency to declassify information is certainly ludicrous. His allies have typically put forth a slightly different idea, which has no documentary evidence, as far as we know, to support it. And that idea is that during the time he was president, he had what they're calling a standing order, that when he, for example, left the uh, the Oval Office or the working part of the White House in the evening and took documents to his private residence there, that they were somehow magically or automatically declassified. There appears, as I say, to be no uh, documentation to support that. It's also worth saying two things quickly about the classification and declassification process. If you declassify something, it's 
then it is by its nature available to the the public. I mean, you can't just sort of declassify it and say, well, myself and my friend or myself and the chief of staff can see it. It's declassified then. So, you know, that seems questionable. Yes, yes, exactly. So that seems questionable um, on its face. The other point that is worth stressing and is getting lost in some of the media coverage of this is that what we know of these three crimes that Trump is suspected of committing or is being investigated for, they don't all depend on the question of classification. For example, the obstruction charge doesn't require those documents to be classified necessarily. Yes. If you hide documents regardless of the, the status of those documents to frustrate an investigation, you're uh, in big trouble, or you should be anyway. Now, it's important to stress that this has nothing at all to do with the January 6th committee. Right. This has nothing at all to do with what happened on January the 6th. It's an entirely separate matter. Mm-hmm. It's also important to say, Niall, that Three quarters of the Republican Party or people who consider themselves to be Republicans believe that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president because they have been told by Trump, by Fox News and by other outlets that the election was rigged. Now, this defense that he appears to be mounting now, that he declassified these documents, that he's done nothing wrong, that the Democrats are afraid of him electorally and want to get him. All of that will go out, be boosted by Fox News and could well become a truth of Mm. a kind for his base, if you like to call it that. Now, it's interesting that Financial Times, which is the best newspaper in Britain and by no means a left-wing rag, Mm. (laughs) their editorial board have a piece in their paper today the headline is Donald Trump now owns the Republicans. That's the headline in the Financial Times editorial board's opinion. And he does own the Republicans when you look at those figures about the rigged election and other things such as this raid in Mar-a-Lago, for example, which I think there are samples of public opinion that don't like the fact that the FBI did this and believe the FBI are in a conspiracy against Donald Trump and the state. There are certainly people who believe that, and they're not only sort of people in their basement on the fringes of the internet. Um, For example, um, the Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is one of the most fervent Trump supporters in Congress, um, she declared uh, defund the FBI uh, shortly after this initial raid, obviously playing on the... the, um, Black Lives Matter defund the police slogan, but nonetheless, she appears serious that she believes the FBI is involved in some sort of deep state conspiracy against the former president. That appears to be a surprisingly, well, maybe not surprisingly, it appears to be a fairly widely held belief among Trump's base, even though the polling that we're seeing does indicate that a narrow majority, but a majority of the American people are in support of this investigation. Just to your point briefly about his control of the Republican Party, which we we can certainly talk about um, more, but um, 
There was, and I think we probably spoke about this last week, there was yet another indicator of that within the past two weeks when Congresswoman Liz Cheney not only lost her primary in Wyoming, got absolutely hammered by a Trump-backed challenger, got beaten by almost 40 points. Liz Cheney's defeat means that of the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump, a maximum of two will still be in office in January of next year. And even that is not guaranteed. So that that's some indication of where things stand. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, Joe Biden made a very powerful speech by his standards, any standards, within the last 24 hours, Nile, He talked about Trump and indeed the Republicans as being semi-fascist. He talked about the abortion issue, which is rebounding. And you might explain to us, because you, you told me uh, when we were off air, alerted me to the fact that the overturning of the Roe v. Wade decision of 1973 by the Supreme Court has backfired badly and women, regardless of their politics, have reacted very, very badly to this decision, which not just to the fact that the Roe v. Wade is overturned and abortion therefore banned in in every state, but that it was done quickly and enacted like the day after the Supreme Court announced almost. This is pretty terrible stuff. And it's not really working for the Republicans, is it? 
it's not it's not working for the Republicans. We should clarify now, just to be clear, it, a slip of the tongue. It's not banned in every state. It's the yes. federal guarantee of a right to abortion no yes. longer so exists. That's my mistake now. Sorry. But but in any event, the the point is that the striking down of Roe v. Wade has caused a, a much bigger political or electoral impact than many people thought, honestly, than I thought. I mean, my expectation when Roe v. Wade was struck down was that obviously it was a hugely historic uh, moment, but I thought that people who believed passionately on a, about abortion on either side tend to be people who vote all the time and who vote in predictable ways, depending on whether they perceive themselves as so-called pro-life or so-called pro-choice. What has actually happened, though, is that there has been a shift both in opinion polling and in actual election results. So since that Supreme Court decision, Democrats have closed the gap appreciably on Republicans uh, in the congressional elections. But there have also been at least two election results that have shown the same thing. In Kansas, a deeply conservative state, the pro-choice side won a uh, what's called a ballot measure here, in effect a statewide referendum on whether the state constitution should guarantee a right to abortion. And then just this week on Tuesday, there was a special election, a election for a House of Representatives district in New York in a, a classic uh, bellwether district, a district that has been carried by the winning president in all of the last three elections. To a lot of people's surprise, the Democrat won that special election in the kind of seat that Republicans would have to take if they are to make the kind of sweeping gains that some people had expected in November. And that Democrat uh, was a, a male candidate, as it happens. Uh, he had put abortion rights very much at the core of his campaign. His Republican opponent had sought to campaign on the economy and the pro abortion rights Democrat won. And that was a very striking result and one that has, I think, reverberated through the uh, American system here. Yes, and of course, these midterm elections taking place in November are critical to the Biden presidency if they were to lose the Senate and they're expected to lose the House of Representatives, then he would be seriously a lame duck president for his final two years. But there is evidence and it's, it's rather curious, and again, you drew my attention to it, that Trump is the boss of his base and maybe the boss of the Republican Party, as the Financial Times editorial suggests. Mm. But he turns off people who are independent, and now with the abortion ruling struck down, that's a lot of women as well as men, who will be offended by that, who will believe that is a pretty reactionary move to be making in 2022. Mm. So in terms of the midterm elections, the other thing that will maybe come into play is legislative success that Biden had last week, mm. injecting an awful lot of money, a lot of it into climate change and other badly needed infrastructural projects. Yes, that's right. I mean, up until, I would say, maybe a month ago, um, one of the major and obvious uh, critiques of the Biden administration was that after an initial burst of activity soon after he was inaugurated, he hadn't really done uh, very much. That has uh, 
changed or that has been there has been a a fairly powerful rebuttal in in action uh, in the past month or so on that and um, one being the passage of this major piece of legislation that uh, has a lot of different um, components to it uh, partly climate change partly uh, a process by which the uh, price of medication could be brought down for a cer- certain share of the population, partly intended to fight um, inflation. Then just this week, uh, Biden has also moved to uh, cancel um, $10,000 or in some cases up to $20,000 in student loan debt. That is in some quarters a controversial move, but it does appear likely to at least spark some degree of enthusiasm, particularly among younger voters, younger college graduates. And that's a a block that tends to vote uh, Democratic in elections, but is not always the most reliable about actually turning out to vote, especially in midterm years rather than presidential years. Just to go back to Trump and this document that will be available to everybody from noon your time later on today, the impact of that, if key parts are redacted, would be, I imagine, somewhat limited. Mm. Nevertheless, the fact that Merrick Garland personally came out to say he had authorised this raid indicates really that we're looking here, in Trump's case, at a possible crime. And... Indeed, if to use literally the words of the courts, a probable cause is required before you can get permission to do what the FBI did. So he could be in deep trouble. He could be, absolutely. Legal um, trouble. Yes, yes, very much so. I mean, this these are serious offences. I mean, uh, these are offences which, if a person is convicted of them, um, they would often or regularly face jail time. Yes. Now, I don't want to get uh, too far ahead of ourselves. I mean, there's all sorts <laughs> of complexities to that before the Donald ends up in his in his orange jumpsuit, um, not least of which is how on earth you would find an unbiased jury for Trump. I mean, any jury yeah. would presumably include some of his supporters, and you and I have spoken frequently, including today, about the apparent uh, imperviousness of his supporters yes. to negative information, uh, negative information about him. But the the point is, yes, these are serious offences. Yes, they do typically involve jail time. And yes, it seems inconceivable that the FBI would have been granted permission for such an obviously high profile and contentious raid without there being genuine reason for them uh, being enabled to do so. We haven't even mentioned in saying that the various other legal probes that could uh, be sort of uh, washing up against Trump's position, um, not least the one in Georgia that tends to be undercovered, where um, he and his allies are under investigation for having pressured state officials to try to overturn the election results in that state allegedly. So noon today, we'll be watching out. Uh-huh. Even a redacted affidavit may yield some fascinating information, which the media have joined in seeking. So we hope you have a good time in reading that, Nyland. You'll come back and tell us next week exactly what's in it. 
always a pleasure. Okay, Niall. Thank you very much indeed. That's Niall Stanich. Niall, Associate Editor of The Hill Newspaper and White House columnist for that paper at a very troubling, exciting and dramatic time in American politics. And if you doubt the importance of that, it's fair to say if America falls, then the West is in big trouble. Thanks to Niall. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.